Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. My name is Peter, I use they them pronouns, and in today's episode, you will hear us workshop a story written by Caitlin. First, she will tell us a little bit about her story, and then all of our readers will talk about something they enjoyed about the story, and something that they thought could be improved. And then we'll have a little bit of a conversation after that, and end, as we always do, with everyone sharing their favorite line from the story. I hope you enjoy. I sort of approached this story as sort of like those superhero stories where they're a normal person in the background of like Superman and Batman fighting or something like that. Uh, but I wanted to put it in a fantasy setting. And I actually had the first paragraph or so of this story already written from a couple years ago. And I really liked the beginning, but I didn't like the story that came after and I wanted to revisit it. So I pulled that in for this particular story, and uh, of course there had to be a dragon. And I sort of just went with kind of a go-with-the-flow situation. I wanted a story with classical fantasy formality and grandeur in the vocabulary and syntax, but it was just about some guy. That's really what I was going for. As far as theme was concerned, sort of hypocritical advice. I was, you know, don't procrastinate. Um, for our main character, it takes kind of this very life-threatening, life-changing event to finally do something. But uh, in general, you know, procrastinating's not, not a fun time. And I really wanted it to invoke the staring at a blinking cursor when you're trying to start an essay. Or as someone I showed the story to said, the Spongebob The. Um, and I, especially for the end, another note is that I wanted the house that he comes back to to be the same, but our main character is not the same as he was when he left his house earlier. And I wanted it to be a story that a lot of other stories could fall out of. So suggestions of a larger world based on classic fantasy worlds that allows people to fill in some blanks, like the story of the champion, was the king in cahoots with the dragon. No real explanation of the magic system. It's soft magic system. And these are all things that our main character, Raynor, wouldn't really be privy to. So I wanted that to be reflected in the story and also to leave sort of an open world that I could revisit with more stories later if I wanted to or that would just be this fun, like, ambiguous uh, world if I didn't. And the other thing that someone I showed this to said that I think is really true is that it does have a moment of vulnerability for the main character, which I feel like uh, I agree with this, that a lot of fantasy stories, it's like one thing after another after another where there's a lot of action and things going on and you don't really see them get to take a moment to really process what's been going on. And for this story, that's really uh, integral. And now... 
onto the workshop. I guess my gr- my glow uh, would be. Um, I have two. I have two ones that I really liked. Um, uh, I'm going to go with. I appreciated. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious one. I appreciated uh, just the um, the basic construction and the the idea behind this piece. Uh, as an ordinary person uh, in a world of high magic and high fantasy, just sort of like trying to live through a dragon attack and having a small story of their own held within this uh, greater sort of more fantastical world. Um, It reminded me of a comic book series that I have not read, but know a lot about and I'm interested in reading one day called Marvels, which exists within the Marvel comic book universe. And it's about, I think it's, it's a regular guy. I think he's like a photographer or something. And he's um, uh, like, exists in the background of a series of uh, famous Marvel events. And it's very good. So it reminded me a, a bit of that. Uh, as just being uh, a, a, a fun and interesting take on the genre, which is um, probably not entirely unique because nothing is unique, but it's a it's a very um, and it's it's pretty it's pretty well executed, I would say, all things considered. Um, he just seems like a dude, um, uh, and it's uh, well instil- instilled the fear of what of something what like a dragon attack might have, um, and of just like oh no, the hero landed. 15 feet away from me and now I have to run because the dragon is going to be there soon and I, I, I greatly appreciated that um, uh, my grow as these things would be is we uh, I, uh, I appreciated the sort of the bookends of like he's writing a letter in the beginning and he or he's trying to write a letter at the beginning and he can't get the words on the page and then at the very end um, he, he manages to write it that's the the, the arc is completed in, in, in a very uh, short five pages uh, which is pretty good um but uh to me it felt a little bit like i didn't know precisely why the character had grown that he could write now uh i i came up with a number of theories where it was like uh it's entirely possible that this guy like uh you know the uh, he, he had a near-death experience uh and it led him to believe that you know uh, life is short, and I need to contact my family now. Um, uh, you know, the material things aren't as important as connecting with family. That's a that could be the reason, but it's not necessarily in the text. That's a I'm writing fan fiction when I say that. Uh, it, he could ju- it could just as easily be true um, that he uh, like he saw the bravery of the of the champion uh, fighting the dragon, and he and he found courage within himself. Uh, or it could just as easily be true that he is now kind of dissatisfied with his life here. I think there's a line earlier where he describes his own home as being, or I don't, I can't remember the word, but he describes his house kind of negatively and it could be that he sees it as being shallow. And again, like there are like maybe hints of that, but I'm, I realize that when I am saying those things, I am writing fan fiction and deciding that for myself. Pompous. Thank you very much. Chat. Um, and I think that it's like there's a lot there, and I think that it's it's not a hard problem to fix. I just think that the end needs a little bit of attention to really drive home precisely why the character has grown to the point that the the letter is now like that 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 is now something that he can write. And I think that will that will complete the narrative arc much more fully for me, and I think uh, give a, a a much tighter story. Okay. So, I like the way you wrote 
with a style, like the stylistic form of the writing and the use of description and metaphor, especially in the beginning and then when the dragon is flying over the city and the harbour. Um, and it gave a really good sense of like character and world through the use of older and more archaic language. Um, but I think at times it was a bit too clunky in like the word use for just straightforward understanding, like in particular the the bit where he starts thinking about his past and it goes like 10 years gone when he reached adulthood and I was like, what is this saying? How old is he? What's going on? But then I worked it out, but it was just things like that that tripped up the reading experience. And then story-wise, I felt like it was hard to care about the destruction because there wasn't really a sense of humanity. So there wasn't anybody else living in the house that the character was concerned about. Even though he was a merchant, he didn't seem to have a connection to anybody at the harbour or on any of the boats that sunk. And even when there was a crowd, it was described as a crowd, but not as individuals facing peril or people that he knows in town who have families. Like even just a scared child would maybe make the reader want to care more about the danger posed by the dragon, even if there is this hero that's come to save the day. Because otherwise I think that it's a bit hard to emotionally connect with the story, especially as the protagonist seems to have stumbled into this life of luxury, which then separates him from the reader because it's kind of hard to relate to someone who is both rich and lucky um, rather than like characters who move to the big city and then are swindled out of their monies and traumatized by the experience and get sick because they don't have a home. So obviously it's about an everyman, but he didn't seem to be... (laughs) Human is the wrong word. He didn't seem to be as sympathetic as you'd expect in a story about death and destruction, even though the death was mainly on the dragon's side. Okay, so I think I'm going to reiterate Andy's point. I really liked that he was just some guy that, I don't know, I think usually we, when we're reading these kinds of stories, these kinds of fantastical stories we usually see the perspective of um either maybe the hero or someone who actually gets caught up in the whole mess and has to go on you know some sort of quest or adventure and maybe would become the hero that's fighting the dragon at some point but this guy was really just one of the background characters that we never really get to see the point of view of because it's never really written about them and I don't know I think that just um makes it seem like an actual world because 
there's actual people out here living real lives and having, I don't know, actual arcs of their own while the the chosen one is going off to battle and we never really get to see that. I think that's a really interesting and different take on this kind of story. So um so that's my glow. As for my grow, I think um I think this is also sort of what Mel was saying a little bit, but I think and it's kind of a small thing, but I think some of your sentences are really bonded and they have a like a lot of clauses. Oh, I actually wrote down the sentence that Mel said as well, but uh, like one sentence here, or at least that's what the teller handling the transaction thought, but what seemed a foolish move turned out to be a greatly profit profitable investment into a trading company that quickly cornered an as of then unknown market for lapis lazuli and neighboring land where it was, and it just kind of sort uh, goes on for a while and you you sort of forget where you were at the beginning and don't really um, understand, I guess, what the subject of the sentence is um, a little bit. So I think that maybe I would suggest splitting up these sentences or um, and then just trying to vary your sentence length in general, because I feel like that'll just um, make the story drag a little bit less and let the reader feel like they're actually um, within the action the whole time. Uh, yeah, but really great story. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so for a grow and a glow, for the glow, I actually, and there's some parts where it could be clunky, right? But I think for um, the most part, almost the entire thing for me, it felt very readable. I really liked the prose and it felt really rhythmic to me. Like, for example, at the lines at the end with the sigh, he seated himself before it, he unstopped his ink, he breathed, and then he began to write. It's almost like poetic in a way, how the story is structured. And the word choices are really cool too, like how people are erupting into an alleyway and just really makes this world very vivid in my mind. So I don't, uh, yeah, I really like the prose. In terms of the grow, it's really hard to provide advice because I don't know what your intentions what the intentions of the author is behind this piece, right? Like what I get out of this right now is that, okay, we have this character. He needs to write this letter to his sister. He goes out and about uh, experiencing all these events. He returns home and now he's writing a letter probably about the dragon encounter. And it's a really nice little uh, experience snapshot of another fantasy world. But, uh, but the problem is, is that since he's an observer, or it's not really, it's only a problem if the author thinks it's a problem, right? But uh, if you're trying to write like a conventional fantasy, the problem is we're so distant from Rainer that we, it's hard to get invested in him directly. Like the main character trait of Rainer, from what I can identify, is he's a person that things happen to. And that's great, but I'd like, if I want to get more invested into him, I'd like to see more of his character traits, maybe bring out his relationship with his sister more, because that seems to almost be the driving motive in the first place. Oh, I want to reach out to his sister who I haven't talked to in a long time. If you don't want to uh, invest in Rainer as a character, we could uh, actually see more of the dynamics between the other people we see. Like we have a champion, he's battling a dragon and then a king. 
But those could also be explored as characters. Maybe they will be explored as characters in the future as you write more with the story. Or maybe you decide that this is just a self-contained story as is, but as a snapshot, uh, that's what you want it to serve as. And as a snapshot, I think it works very well. So my glow is kind of in opposition to what Sam, Andy, and Mel have said. I really enjoyed kind of the open-endedness of this and some of the, the vagueness about who Raynar is and why he kind of came to write the letter at the end of the story. I think there's this almost sense that you can kind of, as the reader, you know, insert whatever your your thoughts are into that space. Um, and definitely, I mean, you know, as individuals, we've all had people who, you know, we lose touch with for whatever reasons. And I think it's interesting putting those instances like whatever happened um into this character and kind of thinking through why he might not be reaching out to his sister and i like that he's not really defined that well there's this just sense of he's kind of this guy who's just out there in the city and he's kind of out of his element living this merchant life and i can see how that might make him unsympathetic but i also just like the idea that this isn't really this amazing wonderful life for him and it takes this whole like encounter for him to kind of finally be pushed towards writing to his sister and hopefully pursuing a a better like more grounded and connected life um so i really liked that aspect of the story i didn't really have a lot of criticisms and maybe that's just me as someone who's way too optimistic about stories sometimes um so i'm just gonna like throw in a funny kind of criticism where you know on this podcast we we love dragons and i was disappointed that a dragon was hurt in the making of this story um but that's that's not really serious at all i really love this story and again like there there are very valid criticisms of this story i'm just i'm bad at finding criticisms sometimes yeah, I really enjoyed your story, Caitlin. And to echo what other people have said, I really loved the sort of character in the sidelines approach to the perspective, which you do see sometimes in other media, but it's definitely not what would be considered the norm in fantasy genre. So it's always refreshing to see it. And it was very entertaining when the shoe kind of drops and you see, um, oh, it's the champion showing up. And you're like, oh, so this guy's not the main character. And it's very clear, like, it enter main character's center stage kind of moment, which just brought the story to another level for me of enjoyment because I could tell this is the switch up that has been happening. And also the dragon entering was very beautiful in the way you described it, with like amethyst and ruby scales, just fantastic imagery although I would say the city itself didn't give much presence for me which I think he doesn't need to have like a sympathetic character but I think he chose to go to the city for a reason so he's been there for 10 years and I think giving a sense of memories or of um life that he has lived in this place or at least describing what the buildings look like are they flammable are they made of wood or stone could 
provide a little bit more character to the setting. And maybe he's a loner and he doesn't have friends. That's fine. Maybe he's a character we would hate if we got to know better. That's interesting. And I think more trying to build a character who's engaging would be a great goal. And I think he's just a little bit too much of a question mark. And some of the question mark is sort of explained to us in the beginning with his story of how he came to the city. But for me, it was a little bit more of a, um, let me share the story with you just straight up from note cards. And it didn't feel as organically provided in the story as it could have been. Like maybe he is thinking of like, oh, I get to put fancy marmalade on my toast and my sister would never stand for that or something like that to just contrast his past life with his present life without giving a straight retelling per se. Although also there are definitely writers who do just straight like info dumps and there's a way to do it that can be very engaging. But there are certain types of info dumps like with the lapis lazuli where the information that followed it was something like and it's a fashion for the nobles that in, for their status or something and I think that felt like great world building and I really love intense world building in books but a factoid like that felt more of a like you wanted to include it but it wasn't natural in that particular moment or there could be a way to include it that could make it feel more natural but um I was still really in, impressed with the amount of world building that could go into just these five pages. And I think an, an air of mystery is always good because relying on your reader's imagination is always, you know, great because people read fantasy. They know what to imagine. Like if you say there's a castle, they'll come up with a castle. Like, for instance, when you described how he ran back to the city center and it's a walk that usually takes him hours, I was like, it didn't seem like he had been walking for hours. I don't even know how much time passed. <laughs> or, you know, how are there so many people out if he went out at night and then it's still night, but it took him hours to get to the waterside? Like, that's not, like, the most important thing. But maybe you could provide an inter interesting factoid of, like, nightlife or people are in their pajamas running away or something like that. Like, maybe this is a city with a vibrant or dangerous nightlife or maybe it's just people are being woken up scrambling or a little bit of both he could be sleepless or an, an insomniac I don't know but I also didn't have a problem with the way the story ended with him deciding to write the story or not the story deciding to write the letter I was like yeah it seems pretty clear to me why he's writing um I think the question for me was more what had stopped his sister from getting contact or maybe he's hidden his ad address or maybe um, what has stopped him from getting in contact with her could be made a little bit more clear. Um, because it, the hurdle that was he was trying to get over, I think, is the part that was unclear for me. But I was really a fan of the story and it made me think of a lot of things. So uh, a lot of this is going to be me re-echoing what other people have said, uh, which, as I tell my students, that's a good thing. Um, 
And that's also a, a a good thing to, you know, voice something that's different from the curve. Uh so I I'm gonna agree agree with one of the main points that has been said. I really enjoyed Caitlin having this from the perspective of not necessarily a nobody, but you know, it it's it's not Captain America or Hawkeye or Black Widow that you know we're following. It's you know, the banker who's from small town Minnesota you know, happened to invest in, in something good when he came to the Big Apple and now he's walking along with his briefcase and trying to not get killed by the Chitari. Um, I I really enjoy that perspective. And um, I really enjoyed the middle of the story too. Uh, just the way you build the tension, um, a great ridge of spines crested from beneath the water. And I wrote, what is it? And I got really excited. Um, I agree with Izzy about like the the way you describe the dragon coming out is beautiful um i love how you end one paragraph with being like surely now that the champion was on the scene everything would be okay and this next sentence at the beginning of the next paragraph is immediately like the dragon just you know knocks the champion down i'm like ot yeah so i i thought that the the pacing of that and and describing the chaoticness of of fleeing that fight was was really well done and it really engaged me I was a little confused about, you know, why is the dragon attacking? How big is the dragon? What exactly is the champion? And the king can shoot lightning? Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, as I've been listening to people talk about this, that doesn't bother me as much anymore because Raynor, Raynor might not know those things. He might not know why the dragon's attacking or, you know, that the king's electric, uh, to put it in a, in a fun way. So I, I was, I'm a little, I'm, I'm okay with that. That was my glow. I, I loved, as soon as the drought, like the bubbles started, I was like, oh, here we go. Uh, and I think you did a great job of that um, and of describing the chaoticness. Like I, I thought that was well done. For, for me, um, my grow, um, and I agree with Sam. I, I don't know your goals for this piece. So it is kind of hard for me to judge, but I, I, I agree with what's been said about the letter. I personally, I agree that ambiguity can be good in some instances, but I, it doesn't work for me. Uh, at the end, when he writes the letter, I I don't understand why he writes it. I can't connect the you know the traumatic experience he just had, you know, running for his life from a fire breathing dragon, to oh I'm going to write my sister. That was not clear, um, and it left me confused uh, and a little lost. And um, you know. I don't need to know what he writes his sister. I'm fine with that ambiguity. Uh, but it's just, as Andy said, it's the connection between the two that, that really threw me. Um, I, th- I think, um, the, the sentence that I'm going to say at the end is, is a glow. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to add one more quick, quick grow here. The, I wasn't, I, I struggled to, be engaged for the first two pages. I, for some reason, I wasn't really hooked by the initial description of, you know, he's sitting at his desk. I, I, I didn't really get hooked until the dragon showed up, which maybe says something about me. Um, but it, 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 it was hard for me to, to feel engaged for those first couple of pages. Um, and while I appreciated the, the background and about how, you know, he, kind of accidentally rises to this position of wealth. Um, 
like I, I, I appreciated that because it helped me know him better. But I agree with Izzy that it might be worthwhile to consider incorporating that in, incorporating that information, not by so much telling your reader, but more by showing your reader. Maybe he sees a noble walk past and the noble is wearing, you know, some lapis lazuli on his cloak. And that makes Rainer think about, oh, yeah, yeah it's part of my empire. Or maybe he sees a woman that looks a lot like his sister. Um or you know he has he spills broth on his shoe and um it reminds him of the time you know he was blah 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 um i i think that would have been more engaging to me as a reader um than seeing the narr- the unknown narrator just kind of tell us the key points of Rainer's life yeah and in conclusion like the the first couple pages um were a bit slow for me and a little hard for me to feel hooked but I really loved the second half of the story. I think you did a great job with that. Um, and I, I'm still confused about the letter, but I am delighted by the dragon, which again, probably says something about me. I, I think that's all I got. Thank you for sharing it. So Izzy says something about uh, like wanting to know what kinds of buildings there are and what they're made out of. And that was something that I took a note of, that the geography was incredibly vague. It's kind of like he was at the house, which also isn't described in detail apart from being modest, um, and then sort of appearing at the water's edge, um, but not really seeing the town, which is then kind of important because of the destruction of the dragon it's like what is the dragon trying to destroy and why should we be scared is it flammable um and who are the people there and stuff and i think that julie said something that i picked up on which was like the flashback kind of flashback the information that we're given about his life kind of comes out of nowhere because he's trying to write the letter he goes outside and then it switches to exposition and then it switches back to these are the things that he was thinking about but it may flow better for the reader if we get to see some of the walk and then something reminds him of something and that's what triggers the information be it a noble person or a woman who looks like the sister or anything like that like a family unit it's like oh because I think the family is such an important subject that then gets kind of glossed over we don't really know anything about like the family structure how many parents how many siblings or anything about the sister that may draw us into the story when you have that arc of not being able to connect to someone in your family and then being able to and I did really like the ambiguity I said in the chat that like something that I put at the end of my book was a letter that is not opened and the reader does not know what is in that letter because I feel like that's something that will keep the reader thinking. But it is not clear what the character's motivations are, but if they are 
and every man you may not feel compelled to put in like a character motivation because maybe he's just going about his day and he's like this has happened before this will happen again and then there's a dragon and he's like oh no I might die I better talk to my sister um so yes I agree with everything that everyone has said yeah, I've, I've been sitting here trying to think about, like, because I do I do love ambiguity at the end of a story, and I was, like, I was trying to think about famous stories that end in ambiguity, and I kept thinking of this one fan fiction that would, literally no one would know about. Uh, but I, I was thinking about, uh, like, Watchmen ends on a very ambiguous note, the, the comic, which is, like, a, a character sends a letter which may or may not, like, uh, which includes a diary, which may or may not destroy the world. And it's sort of, it's left up to open interpretation. Like, will this sort of skeevy publisher, like, will he put his own desires uh, at, uh, over the, you know, the, the safety of the world? Or would it be moral, in fact, for him to publish this thing? And you, you, there are there are arguments back and forth. And I think that, like, the it's so established in the story for me where I'm like, Okay, you know, like yeah, we, I know about this publisher. I know what's in the book. I know everything about this, and it and it asks sort of it asks questions, which I am comfortable. And I think it's it's part of the, the the brilliance of that comic is like that's why we don't get the answers. I think for me, it's like I'm I'm very I would be very comfortable if um, you signaled like three different things or like a few different reasons why he might come uh be right be writing the story and i don't know which of them is and between the two of us you know like we could have a discussion like oh i think he's writing the letter because of this or i think he's writing the letter because of that and i think that like in this situation for me at least there's no signals so so to speak not even not just from the from the the from a character perspective but from a world perspective like i could come up with almost any reason why he uh why he's why he's writing to his sister now and it would be it would feel equally valid to me which sort of cuts it off at the knees to me where it's like maybe he ran into someone else's sister on the way home from being attacked by this dragon and that feels just as reasonable to me as it being because he ran into this dragon uh and that's like the and that's that's the real issue is is not even that the i don't even necessarily know things about the character it's that like nothing about the story or the character or the or the setting or any of these things are really teaching me in an informed way to 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 form a a plausible theory why this might be happening and so i i i i think i i agree with with mel like ambiguity uh and keeping the reader thinking is like is not the not the only good way um because that's that that would be snobbish to be like the only good way is and uh, you can't make an argument in your story how dare you um but the the it is a is a powerful way to end a short story um since i but i've uh, i i've been very negative in this comment so i just want to close with something else because i feel like it hasn't been discussed yet which is that this is a five page story and like stories of this length are actually really, really, really hard to pull off. And I think there are flaws in this story. I think uh, there, there have been a lot stated. And I think that there are issues and things that could have used elaboration or things that could have been cut. But like, man, it, this actually, this delivers a lot better than it, than, than uh, stories that are, you know, three times as long in some ways. Um, and I think it's worth commenting on, the like with very little real estate um the things that are established the um the fun moments that are happening the 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 memorable things and i think there is 
it is, it is worth uh, commenting on that this is a five-page story that, that really gets that, that gets the job done better than it has any business doing. That's that's my that's my uh, other other glow, I guess. So something that Julie was talking about when the dragon comes, I just really love the suspense um, and how it builds because um, first you see the water ripple and that's confusing, and then you see the scales and and then you're like, oh, something's there. But so I think this disagrees with um, something a few, a few others have said, but. I really like that we didn't know what um how people feel about dragons in this world until we realized oh the dragons attacking and trying to destroy the city and I don't think that we have to know why the dragon is attacking I feel like it's um I don't know I feel like it's done well that um we didn't know first um that this was a bad thing and then it just sort of spiraled out from that and I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say here but I think that I really liked that we were just sort of thrown in and didn't really know why this dragon was attacking but now all of a sudden we do know I think that was really done well for me uh, with this writing I think it's really really good at description and if you've wanted to if you were set out to write a, a descriptive story that just kind of takes us through uh rainer's day you've accomplished that 100 percent. i've read through the whole start to finish and, and it just felt really good to read but it doesn't come across to me as one individual reader as thematic right i don't read this and i'm like oh this makes me think about uh this specific thing in society or in life or this kind of relationship and not every story has to be thematic but just if you want it to have some kind of theme you will need to bring out something more in the story that's my personal feeling as one reader and that's my uh final comment for your work but description just just great it's again it's like very poetic and it's i really like it okay agree there is kind of a poetic quality about it uh that I, I I did find while reading it. it could be a little choppy in places but like it it there were there was definitely a flow that was that was very nice and satisfying yeah I was almost thinking of like a legend or like a, a fairy tale like a folk tale of some sort almost I think poetic was a great way of describing it yeah I mean I'm thinking more about Rainer's character and I mean we only get to spend like five pages with him so we don't get to know him very well and depending on your intentions for the character you don't have to flesh him out because he could just be a stand-in up until main character enters the stage and so he's not meant to be someone we get invested in but I do think there are certain hints that could be amplified like when he talks about being simple country boy who's being fooled by some uh, seedy investors, and then, oh, he actually knew what he was doing and he tricked them. Um, I think there's a certain like wiliness and tr like trickster almost that could be enhanced. And I think that would tip the scales a little bit in terms of he feels like he just got a lucky break to he's kind of doing it on purpose almost, or it's a combination of luck and skill, which I think would make 
his story feel a little bit more earned or a little bit less coincidental in the beginning part where you were kind of unfolding his life at the arrival to the capital city and then becoming a rich merchant sort of almost by happenstance. But it's established that he has this canniness for investments. And that's just kind of brushed over or glossed over a bit, which I think could be highlighted more to make his character um, a little bit more firmed up around the edges. But also you don't have to necessarily. He could just be a a stand-in for the reader's perspective, I guess you could say, which is also useful. But yeah, I really enjoyed the story. Okay, I think the only last thing that I want to add is that, I mean, obviously I'm I'm a fan of all the the vagueness. Um, I think something Andy said though, he used the word signals, and I think that really stood out to me as a way of kind of clarifying some of the vagueness while still keeping ambiguity. I think that is a good like middle middle ground, and I think yeah, if you were to add in like little signals here and there, that would be really interesting. But moving on, so everyone, we're going to do our favorite line. Everyone, like, if you don't have your favorite line yet, just go back through the story and um, find find a line that stood out to you. Uh, so my favorite uh, was not a sentence, but a couple of, uh, but a few. Uh, the night was clear and a half moon smiled at him from high in the west. The stars twinkled down on him from above and below. Well, reflected as they were in the mirror still harbor. Rainer took all, this all in as he uh, was buffeted by a gentle summer breeze, salty with the sea, warm with the season, and cool with the night all at once. Very much capturing the essence of the poetic nature of the piece. I'm going to just jump in because that was also my favorite area. I just thought it was amazing. Um, I... I mean, the idea of just, like sitting by the water and like there's a breeze going, there's like nothing like that. Um, I know this is a fantasy world, but I just, I imagine myself like sitting um, on the pier in Greenport and just like watching the boats go by and like the, the stars overhead and, you know, small little shelter island is like right next to you. I just, I think it's a wonderful atmosphere for something really interesting, like a dragon to just pop out of. So I thought that was, that was an amazing part. Mine is, I, I was originally going to go with the one where it took him minutes instead of hours to get back, because I thought that was just a really witty way to say, he ran really fast. But I think my actual favorite is, surely, now that the champion was on the scene, everything would be okay. In the next breath, the dragon burst back into view and slammed the champion with his tail, sending him flying. That, that just it, the contrast and that just cracks me up, because it's such a, everything's going to be fine too. Oh, crap. Um, so I thought that was well done. Mine was, as he sat squinting at this anomaly, a great ridge of spines crested from beneath the water. I thought it was beautiful and I could really picture it and it created a sense of foreboding. And it also gave a sense of character as he's like investigating what's going on. And I just think it's like, one of the most beautiful images in the story. So my favorite line was, well, it was also what Andy and Peter have said. Um, I just, when 
I read that, I just, I, I really felt the, you know, the, the, the breeze. It was, it was such a good description. I really loved it, but I will say another one because I feel like that's been said too many times. Um, I, I also liked the line, uh, he had nothing, not one blasted word, because I felt like, so this was also, this was in the middle of where there was a lot of um, longer sentences, and then all of a sudden there was two short sentences, and it really, I felt like the pacing-wise or timing-wise that really contrasted, and I guess um, split it split it up so it wasn't um, going along. I, I really, I don't know. I really liked the way you did that. Yeah, I really liked, again, one of the descriptions of the dragon where uh, it said its long serpentine body is illuminated by the fires burning below, its skills like rubies and amethyst tinged bloody red by the blaze. And I thought it was just a really nice contrast between like the beauty of the dragon and then just the complete destruction that it's uh, creating in the city below. It was a really cool line. I chose, well, kind of two lines just in case somebody had said mine, but I'll just say both of them. Um, one of them is when the champion gets hit by the tail, and it's the sentence right after Julie, the one that Julie chose. He, uh, he as in the champion, he careened back toward the wharf, toward Rainer, where he collided with the ground, turning the cobbles in the road the way a farmer plows his field. And I just really loved that metaphor at the end, like the cobbles turning, because I could really picture it. And um, it felt like a unique phrasing that just stuck out to me. And the second one that I chose, um, I back up was a silhouette backlit by flashes of lightning stood upon the ramparts of the palace, which just is so dramatic and really love that it's the king who's doing his lightning thing. And, you know, it's not a long sentence, but it really gets across this is what's going on directly to the reader. Caitlin, um, so if you have anything that you want to just say to your your readers, and then we'll go from there. I want to say thank you for the note. Of two notes. The first is that the exposition dump is an exposition dump, and I need to fix that, and I agree. <laughs> Um, and you guys had some really great ideas on how to fix that because I kind of just had it. And I was like, well, <laughs> um, and the other part was the ending with the, the whole ambiguity discussion. I was like, something isn't quite right here, but you know, being the one who wrote it, it's kind of hard sometimes to identify what is wrong. Um, so I also really appreciate all of the feedback on that part because now I feel like I have a way forward to fix it. Like, I, I think I see what needs to happen more. Yeah. And I do just want to say with the descriptions, I am terrible. When I say I'm terrible, I mean, like, sometimes I'll write something and it's just like only a description. <laughs> so um, I'm glad that that was good and okay. Um that's what I was supposed to say, right? Are we good? Set. Okay. Yeah. So thank you guys. Um, I think that's, those are some really important points that I was able to take away. And, and I also really appreciate, I took copious notes, um, all the feedback. Uh, Cause you know, sometimes it, 
a lot of times, most of the time I write something, I'll go, I don't know what to do with this. So uh, thank you all. So before we end today's podcast, I wanted to do something a little bit different and shout out a book. This book is a little bit different from the ones we would probably talk about and analyze on the podcast, but it just looks and sounds so delightful that I wanted to share it with all of you. It is a children's book written by Kathy Brandon, and it is called The Adventures of Nona and the Little Red Truck in Summertime. Here's a quick overview of the book. It's summertime, and the young narrator is visiting his Nona and Papa. From blueberry picking to nature walks to baking pie, Nona has an exciting activity for each day of the week. So, of course, I love going outside, I'm growing my own blueberries, so I just immediately fell in love with the description of this book, and the artwork looks really wonderful. So if you have a child in your life, you know, maybe one of your own, if you have a niece or a nephew, maybe um, check out this book. You can find the book on Amazon at Barnes & Nobles, or you can check out kathybrandonauthor.com. And also thank you to Kathy for reaching out. Again, your book looks absolutely delightful. There's even a cute little chipmunk on the cover and a bluebird, and I'm excited to share it with everyone. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation about Caitlin's story. Join us next time on April 15th for our chat with author Owen King. Izzy and I had the opportunity to interview him and talk with him about writing, and we are so excited to share that conversation with all of you. Also check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, such as Izzy and my trip to the Word Museum in Washington, D.C. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and I think that's it. Thank you again, and remember, don't let the day drag on. something for a podcast <laughs> only mentioned that this is happening five times okay. well we definitely have the blooper for this episode <laughs> <laughs> apparently so oh, yeah, yeah. oh god I'm sit in my car and-